Today, I'm going to be sharing six steps to get corporate clients because most consultants, coaches and experts go about B2B sales all wrong or they miss vital steps. And it's a process that served my business very well. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Glad to have you as a listener. We've had a little bit of a gap um, with the podcast and we are back with a couple of mini series coming up. And this one's the first three parter around getting corporate clients. So today I'm going to be taking you through six steps to get corporate clients, even if you just started your own business. And if you're already up and running, imagine if you could make the five figures in revenue that you brought in last year and double or triple it by landing just one big gig. These six steps are the exact process I use in the B2B side of my business and that I share with my one-to-one clients. It served me very, very well. It's a proven route to successfully win those lucrative corporate clients and other organizational contracts, even if you're just starting out of the gate. And before I forget, I've got a great little outline that you can download and use as a checklist to keep you on the straight and narrow path to success. And you'll find the link to that in the show notes for this episode or any of the three episodes in this mini series. Okay, so let's get going. Now, look, if you're a consultant, coach, expert, trainer or other service provider who wants to sell their programs, products or services to organizations rather than individuals or as well as individuals, this episode is going to serve you very well. I'm really pumped to talk about this process today because it can feel like a huge uphill battle to land your first corporate gig especially if you've been knocking on closed doors, getting the runaround or even getting ghosted. In order to win your first official B2B client, believe it or not, you don't need a marketing or advertising budget and you certainly don't need an online funnel. The way I teach people to get corporate clients does not require list building or buying appointments. What you'll learn as I go through these steps are one, the easiest programs and services to offer, especially when starting out. Two, what things you worry about that you don't need to worry about. Three, how to price your programs so that you start assuming to go on. Four, how to prove you can deliver even if this is your first client. Five, the most crucial first step to do at this time. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm going to start by setting out the landscape a little bit of what we often call B2B, business to business, but often isn't actually B2B, or rather it isn't giving you the benefits of B2B and just involves you in a lot of more work for not much gain. And then we'll dive into the six steps 
actually there's a seventh dimension to this and I'll mention it at the end, but it's not the focus on today as it's a whole topic in itself. So let's start with what is B2B selling and what it's not. B2B selling, also known as business to business sales or selling into organizations, refers to companies or businesses that primarily sell products and services to other businesses rather than direct to consumers, which we call B2C. B2B sales typically have higher order values, longer sales cycles, and are often more convoluted than a B2C sales process. I'm not going to lie, B2B selling to get corporate clients is tricky. You have to understand the territory and look at selling into organizations for what it is, a high stakes game that requires an entirely unique approach to that of direct-to-consumer marketing and enrolling individual clients in your service or program directly. Now, when you set up your consulting business or coaching practice or other expert service and decide on your niche, what you do, who you do it for, why you do it, so you'll likely focus on the people you work with directly, the beneficiaries of your program or training or service, because that's your genius zone, that's your expertise. Those are the people that you really love to help. And it's probably your passion too. It's why you do what you do. Often as not anyhow, your expertise is what you bring to the individuals who participate directly or work with you directly. But unless those individuals are business owners themselves, if they're employees or staff, then they tend not to be the ones paying your fee. Their organization will be the buyer. If you want to get corporate clients, your prospect is not the participant. It's their employer, the organization. This is scenario one. Employees generally expect their employer to pay for any training or continuing professional development CPD that they do. So if you're marketing to them directly, they may love what you do and want in, but they probably won't whip out their credit card to book and pay. And so selling direct to the consumer B2C in this situation is not a good business strategy. Scenario two is where you help the individual make the case to their manager or HR department about why they need this training and how much it costs. Either way, they become the salesperson or the ambassador, the lobbyist for your service or program. And the more you can help them, the better. But you're on the periphery at this point. What may happen is they go to their manager or HR to request the training from a departmental or central budget. And unless it can be paid from discretionary funds and doesn't require a whole set of hoops to jump through, you may get lucky. It's not typically something that's done on the fly unless it's on their PDP, their personal development plan. And again, that's usually something that's reviewed as part of the performance review every year. So again, you may get lucky just with timing, but mostly you don't. There are exceptions, of course, especially if the individual doesn't want to put their hand up to their boss that they want or need your training or coaching. But again, 90% of the time, they won't be the buyer. The organization is the buyer. But still, that doesn't mean you're necessarily in true B2B territory. A way to capitalize on the individual's interest, or also if they've already taken your program and used your service, is to ask them to connect you to their manager or the decision maker so you can have a conversation about how you can support more of their staff with this particular need. In this scenario, assuming a door is opened, an introduction is made. 
Now you're in B2B territory where you can potentially have that organization become your client and build a proposal for a regular contract with them. When an organization books you for a contract, not just pays for one or a few people to work with you or do your training, this is true B2B. Maybe they'll give you a regular gig and it makes the whole hoop jumping worthwhile. The upshot for both scenarios, and it's a challenge for everyone selling into organizations, is that there's often a whole annual process and budgeting cycle to be aware of. And for bigger contracts, a whole procurement procedure organizations have to follow, part of their financial regulations. And this spins around their purchasing decision and keeps you waiting and waiting for a decision and an answer. It adds a whole other dimension to both your market research and your process if you can try and dig into how all of that works within the particular types of organizations that you want to contract with. The six steps are all mutually reinforcing. Each underpins and strengthens the next stage and not skipping a step ensures that you'll streamline your efforts and have a greater chance of success. The six steps all begin with a P, so hopefully it's easy to remember. So number one, positioning. Number two, pipeline. Number three, prospecting. Number four, proposals. Five is presentations or pitches. And six is persistence and follow-up. Next week in part two, I'll be saying more about the order of play and the mistake most consultants make starting in the middle jumping into steps three or four and even five without the necessary prep work. And, but for today, I'm going to go through that prep work and focus on positioning yourself for success. And there's another dimension that runs across all six stages, which helps you go after bigger contracts. And I'll mention it in part three. Step one then is positioning and step two is pipeline. By positioning, I mean how you can authentically differentiate yourself and stand out when there are so many coaches and consultants and trainers and speakers and professional service providers of all sorts in the marketplace than ever before. And it sounds obvious, but the hardest proposals are the ones where you have to do a load of research and work out the solution. Unless you're intentionally trying to get a share of a new market and are testing the waters and don't need the business, only go after opportunities where writing a proposal fits very closely with what you already do for your existing clients. It's in your wheelhouse and you'd be working in your genius zone. Positioning is all about aligning what you do with who you serve, your ideal client avatar and what you do for them. The organizational avatar this is, not just the people who participate in the program or service you're selling. Know who your perfect organizational clients are. That way you can get more of them. Perfect clients reveal your genius and leadership to you. Your best fit clients will resonate with your position and values because it's something that really matters to them. But there's an ultimate authentic competitive differentiator that your competitors can never buy. And that's your client list. Your client list is what gives you credibility, insights, thought leadership, proof that you can deliver predictable results and real leverage in the eyes of B2B decision makers. After all, your rivals will never be able to claim that they've worked on the same projects and programs with the same wonderful list of clients that you did. 
or that they produced the same client outcomes and case studies, or that it was the same experience. It's unlikely your competitors will have the exact same blend of clientele that you've worked with, or that they'll use the exact same methodology, or that they'll have the same qualities that you bring, the same personality that you interweave in the relationships that you build with your clients. Now, if you're being really strategic about who you decide to work with, and you're able to reapply lessons learned from both similar and not so similar organizations, you're contributing insights in a very unique way. When you think about your positioning in this way through the eyes of your ideal corporate clients, it really helps with all the other steps. And the next one follows on very logically from here. It's all about who you want to get into your pipeline. In my book, we dive deeper into business design that enables the major leverage points in your brand marketing, sales and delivery. It's available at leveragedconsultingbook.com. So step two is pipeline. You want to start building your pipeline by listing the target organizations you want to get as a corporate client. Who do you know in those companies or who may know people in those companies? LinkedIn is a great place to do some snooping to identify people who can go on your list. You won't be reaching out or making connections with anyone just yet. At this stage, you're just gathering information. You're doing a little bit of research and due diligence, and you'll refine your list to those you're going to approach. Once you've actually got a list together, you can prioritize it and look at what the order of play is. So don't go after one at a time. Doing it this way means that you can be more intentional and strategic about how you build relationships. On that subject, go back to episode three, the interview I did with Andy Lopata, which was all about making connections and leveraging professional relationships. Pipeline development is all about targeting and prioritizing and managing what happens with each of the contacts. You can use LinkedIn or just Google search to find target companies. You decide on the companies that fit your industry, niche, location, type, size and other demographics. And you can do your research on their website or LinkedIn again to find the specific roles or levels within the company that make the most sense for you to talk with initially. You can create a pipeline using a simple spreadsheet. Here's how. In column one, you have the organization and column two, the contact name. Third column, you can give a score one to five of how ideal a fit they are for what you do and who you want to work with. In the fourth column, you give each one a score one to five for the strength of the relationship. And in the fifth column, you can rate how warm you think that prospect is. Again, rank them one to five. And then in the next column, you can multiply columns three, four and five and sort the table based on the overall highest score. It's pretty neat and super simple. Once you have your list ordered, consistently engage and interact with people in those organizations and roles, starting from the top. And then mark on the sheet a status of what happened and whether or not you are going to follow up again. And if you've got a specific contact, reach out with a personal email and find the common ground. And if it makes sense, invite them to a Zoom chat to have an exploratory conversation and see what you can learn. Don't try to sell them on first contact. Right, so I'll stop here, make this super short. So we're going to have three short bursts and I don't want this to get too long in each one. 
the next episode that we're going to uh, have will continue on with the next two steps, prospecting and proposals. So don't forget to grab the checklist because this is going to give you a really good way to build out your process. So go to the show notes at jallison.com forward slash podcast and find the episode 73 and you will see the download for the checklist. So that's it from me for now. Ciao, ciao. And I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.